nervous? Are you nervous? You know what I mean? You go up the guy's leg or you go up the girl's leg. Are you nervous? Yeah. And Matt was like, sure, I'll play the nervous game. And she just, boom, cups him right in the, right in the, <laughs> she just grabs his whole package right in one hand, that's straight true. up. And he goes, oh, it's that small. Huh? And then she that's looked, she looked right in his eyes and went, I win. And then just walked away. <laughs> this is bullshit. America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. Ready? Are you recording? Hold on, I'm going to shut this fucking door that you leave open all the time. I don't know why you feel the need to use profanity. Just because you have a mic in front of your face doesn't mean you have to be a dick. No, that is the exact reason. It's the same why we're uh, labeled as, as explicit. If we, we got to use it. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. Welcome here. I'm Josh Simpson and my co-host, Alex Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the Frogs game. Hey, yeah. That demon she-devil, Hillary Clinton. I was an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Him trying to make May Copa for the whole Sandy Hook problem. It's like, I mean, bro, to be you, fair. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could try, but it's like, yeah, that was that was a dumb move, bro. But Yeah, um, I'm not Alex Jones. No. I am, I am Ian Savage. Uh, also known as not Alex Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and I am Josh Simpson, and welcome to the Necessary, Necessary Bullshit, Bullshit Podcast. Podcast. Um, this is an experimental conversation, ongoing conversation, uh, between a libertarian and myself, a progressive. And I guess. Yes, and <laughs> we're here to promote our goal of self-education and, and conversation. And, I have zero goals. And intellectual, <laughs> and I, intellectual skepticism. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to put intellectual in front of that because normal skepticism is just being dickish yeah (laughs) no no um no so yeah yeah. so what are we doing today so this is actually a part two to our latest episode that is not released yet but it will be yeah that that episode is episode 10 and we kind of talk about the flat earther movement and conspiracies a little bit and then this is for episode 11 what we're doing this is going to be a second half and uh surveillance capitalism and how that helps fuel conspiracies yes. also and, and yeah yes because there's been it's there's it's been shown that you know the flat earther you know phenomena or the the culture of people that believe in that has significantly increased with these social platforms you know almost by yeah. like 40ish percent yeah. or something like that yeah, mainly from like facebook and youtube facebook and youtube uh, yeah, primarily big, dominant big hitters. just because yeah. they're algorithms and like that so i thought it would be important to kind of get together and basically discuss kind of why these conspiracies are are you know kind of growing and and what's the cause of that and what's really going on with social media because I feel like it's a conversation that continues to need to be had because not a lot mm-hmm. of people are having it. Um, it is starting to gain traction now. And, it is a little bit, and but we, we you know we we mentioned off mic somebody a couple people we wanted to bring up. Um, one of the main proponents of not just getting rid of the surveillance aspect to. Uh, to the tech industry, but just promoting more of a self-awareness and what's actually going on is uh, Tristan Harris, yes, who works on effective altruism. I know that, but uh, who also I think he used to work for Facebook. I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and he's showing just how the attention game, uh, uh, the attention market, really, uh, and how these tech companies are are purposefully purposefully exploiting our psychology in order to. Uh, to keep us uh, engaged online. Yeah. So the theory of the theory of surveillance capitalism, we'll just kind of start there. For those of you that are not familiar with it. And if you are, you know, just feel free to let us know if we miss anything. Um, But my understanding of it, and Ian, feel free to jump in here. My understanding is that where these companies make their money. Okay. Are solely predicated on our usage on their sites. Yeah. And they collect data on us yeah. on what we're looking Otherwise, at, what we're well, clicking on. Known as metadata, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll refer to that as metadata. They collect metadata on us and then they sell that metadata to advertisers or to anybody that really is looking for it in mm-hmm. a sense of like, okay, so I'm going to sell these product companies or I want to know how many people are stopping by my store, for example. So it's like if I'm Amazon and I own Whole Foods, and I have a Whole Foods shop, it's like, well, then I'm going to buy data about people in that area just to see how many people drive by Whole Foods every day or how many people are looking at different food items online to kind of like enhance their marketing techniques by getting our metadata. And the kind of controversy there is like, first of all, social media has been... I guess the initial birth of that was supposed to be just like a connection tool, this great way to to connect people. And it's this kind of useful or 
perceived as useful tool to most of us and we get a benefit, a free benefit from mm-hmm. that. And that, that kind of like keeps us docile and not really yeah, kind yeah. of being aware of, of what they're doing with our data. And I think like the main argument that Tristan Harris is kind of bringing up is like, look, Google Maps, that was created to track our traveling data. Yeah. It's like, you know, the whole quick login where it's like now instead of actually creating a login, you can log in using your Google account or your Facebook account. Mm-hmm. That allows Facebook to now track what you're doing outside of Facebook. And yeah. so they're able to build more complex of systems to track us and get more metadata from us because then they can sell that. So really the the ethical question here is, is it okay for them to collect our personal data and then sell it to people for a profit and having us receive none of that. Right, yeah. Like, no sort of compensation for collecting. Is it okay for them to collect our data like that? Is it because we don't read the terms and services and we just click? Most likely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and real quick here, I, I just want to say that uh, you um, – actually, it was Roger McNamee who was saying about, like, uh, logging into Google Maps. Um, okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I think we'll reference a few times here – uh, both Tristan Harris and Roger McNamee uh, were guests on Sam Harris's podcast, Making Sense. Uh, yeah. uh, Tristan Harris was like in the seventies uh, of the not not in the nineteen seventies, yeah, but uh, the seventieth like episode or something like that. And Roger episode. McNamee was like his latest. I think it was it's like one fifty. I don't know. Right, uh, you can check, but. And um, I wasn't quoting any of them directly. I just was no, more of giving an overview kind of, like yeah. of, of what they've been saying about surveillance yeah. capitalism in a but, whole. But yeah, real quickly, I want to kind of go on a little tangent here with Roger McNamee. Um, in, you know, because a lot of what he's getting at, uh, especially when it comes to Facebook and Google, I think he does think that Google is a bit more of a notorious uh, software company than Facebook. That's kind of I, even though his like book Zucked is mainly about Facebook. I think he kind of pinpoints Google as more. Yeah, I think he holds. I think he holds kind of Google and Facebook at, at kind of like the epitome of the surveillance capitalist market. And then like underneath that would be like Amazon. And then I think underneath that too, he gave mad respects for Apple because Apple's one of the only ones so far that's yeah. trying to do some privacy thing. Yeah, and he, you know what's funny about that too is I don't ever laud Apple at all. Right. Um. I'm not familiar with their their products really, so I so I always have this feeling of uncomfortability when I'm uh, using an Apple product, simply because I I just feel so uh, naked because everything that they use uh, that they do is so different. Yeah, so than, they, well, like, not Windows to even, or Google, and not to even uh, tangent the real quick yeah. though. But it, what fascinates me about Apple is it actually goes against a traditional free market system where yeah, because uh, yeah. like for me it's like most free markets the goal is to to provide the best product at the cheapest price and obviously if you if your price can be cheaper for a good product yeah. then you would get more sales yeah. but Apple has redefined that where it's like no our products are so good we're going to charge you three times as much than any other thing yeah. and which, you're going to pay for yeah. it yeah which i actually i do really admire that you know yeah. they have a very specific product in mind you know it's i mean Convenience is built in there, you know, because if you look at all Apple products, they are very easy to use. Yeah. Uh, and they and it is kind of like you use it one way. It's not like, you know, when you get a, a PC, you use either uh, Linux or, or Google or something like that that are really customizable. However, because of how open they are, they are really susceptible to, uh, mm-hmm. to attacks, you know, yeah. from, from hacking and viruses, and, uh, viruses and-, and stuff like that. Um, I forgot a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's... It's funny the way that Apple is doing that and the way that McNamee was was talking about Google because Google is this huge convenience machine. Yeah. Um like that I have totally, you know, I I'm aware of what Google has done but I've totally bought into the Google model in a way, you know, like I have a Android phone um, and I just bought this new Chromebook yeah, and I use every, Google yeah. use Google podcasts, you know, Google Music. Yeah, exactly. Google just because apps. like I, first of all, I mean, I like their uh, their aesthetics when their UI a lot, and and just how you can navigate them, but also just how convenient everything is, and it's it's ironic in a way with Roger McNamee pointing out like how they're collecting our data with just us kind of just being fine with it. Yeah, you know, when he was talking about Google Maps, is a great you know is a great uh, point in tracking where our location data is, and you know, granted, almost every time you want to use like a, uh, a system uh, or an app on Android phone, they ask you, they're like, Hey, can we collect your location data? And of course you can opt out of doing that. But then 
there are so many other convenient services that you just don't have access to if you don't turn on location data. You know, and that's an interesting thing to bring up too, where it's like, look, you know, they're telling us, well, it's optional if you want to use location data, but then they're also being like, well, but your usage or your your activity within that app is going to be nerfed a great deal if you don't like have that feature set up. You know, and like there are times where I'm like, no, I don't want to give you that data, but then I run into snags. Where I'm yeah. just like, I'm trying to do something. It's just like, yeah, but you need to turn on location data or something else. I'm like, fuck. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm foregoing my privacy for convenience, you know? It's, right. And, yeah. the, and the scary thing, too, is like, this is going to sound extremely kind of like paranoia, you know, what we're saying and, and, and how that they yeah. are tracking our data and hiding it. And most people think... Which, that, will, which will link up to later in this conversation. Right, yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, though, is what's, it, which is kind of funny because it's... You know, it's weird because conspiracies are starting to progress because of the way that these platforms are designed. And then mm-hmm. us talking about that almost sounds conspiratorial. So it's almost like... Yeah, they're tracking our yeah, data, man. It's almost like Inception because it's like it's 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 like we're, we're describing a conspiracy almost. That's what it sounds like about an actual events yeah. that, that promote conspiracies. The world but, is an onion. Right, but it, but it is <laughs> proven that they have sold our data. Like, that's not... I mean, that's yeah, not, they're pretty upfront about yeah, it. Yeah, they're not... That's a fact. It's like, yeah. they, they know that a lot of people are, are A, not going to be a pay attention to that. B, you know, what is the price that we pay for free? You know, if, yeah. if you're okay with giving away your data because somebody can make millions and millions of dollars off of it, billions of dollars off of it, mm-hmm. um, even, then, and you get a product for free, then so be it. But I think the real issue is here too, is that there's, there's a lot of things that going on that maybe people, other people can notice. Like for example, this creeped me out. This is a personal example. Um, I'm writing right now, I'm writing a kind of a three, a free thought series uh, piece on, on biological luck. And I talk about nature versus nurture. And I talk about how it's nature codependent on nurture and nurture codependent on nature. And I, and I talk about the old argument and the, and the confines of pit bulls. So I said, Pit bulls, like you know, they're 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 blocked from some apartment complexes due to the fact of their aggressive nature, and they're the main dogs used in dog fights. And and they're they you can't have pit bulls in a lot of complexes, mm-hmm. but then you have pit bull owners showing photos of their of their dog being goofy or things, and they're around trying children around know, children. Yeah. So they're trying to clarify that the dog breed doesn't matter as much as the environment and the love the dog received growing up. Yeah, and I had not. It's spoke- a great metaphor for that, by the way, for. Uh- Oh, biological luck. I mean, with with the pit bull thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank great. you, yeah. thank you. So, um, so, but the thing is, though, I did not speak about that out loud. I just wrote about it, and I was on Facebook about an hour ago. And what do I get? A bunch of like this whole post about pit bulls, mm-hmm. about like them being aggressive and happy. It was like drawings of pit bulls of what people think pit bulls are. And it, I was like, whoa! Yeah. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, several times. One time I was at Ian's house and I, I was talking about, you know, I'd love an, I would love an old school game like set in the Celtic region. Sure enough, I get an ad on my phone for yeah. a game in the Celtic region. Now I said that out loud. I understood that, you know, like your phones kind of <laughs> listen to you. But this was the first time that I'd ever written something and saw an ad. Yeah, about what I have written. You know, it's funny. I had a I had a similar experience uh, recently, and that was on Microsoft Office Word. Yeah, <laughs> where I uh, <laughs> fuck you, Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I actually I purchased something off of an ad. It was one. It's one of the very few times, really. Yeah, that I've actually clicked on an ad. I'm like, I'm buying that. It's so weird because lately, as you know, like I this is a weird personal thing, but I. If I don't feel comfortable in my clothes, I feel like not only do I want to rip the clothes off, but also my skin, and. I have these uh, these pair of cargo pants lately that because you're not of, supposed to eat ba- you're not yeah. supposed to eat bath salts yeah. in case you're curious. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to lay. Them. You're supposed to just um, like let them dissolve in the water and chill in them. Yeah, just, yeah. Just I, sorry, future. you're not supposed to eat them anyway. Um, I had these pair of cargo pants that were very comfortable. Um, however, because of how much uh, I work in them and you and you know lined around in them, you know I had a couple other pairs uh, similar to that. They just started breaking down, and I was like, well, I'm kind of holding off on buying some new ones until I. Either get uh, you know some extra cash, or I find something I like, and then sure shit, like I'm scrolling through Instagram, you know, and it's just like here are these, uh, here's an ad for like these type of pants that you're after, and literally it's like <laughs> everything that I want in like a pant. They're like here you go, this is it. I'm like fuck, I'm clicking on that and buying. But it. that's actually yeah. the that you bringing that up actually can we can talk about this for a second because that is kind of I think the the big divide here because algorithms that are designed to just bring you everything you like. Mm-hmm. Okay, on the surface, with that example that you just gave, 
Like, that sounds like an awesome thing. You know what I mean? It's like right. they can hear yeah. what I'm saying or they know what I'm clicking on. They know what I'm spending time on. The algorithms are collecting data of what yeah. I like the most. Yeah. And they are spitting back at me different ads and, and mm-hmm. things like that that will, you know, that will make my experience of, of, of shopping or, or getting things a little bit easier. And yeah. this is a prime example of it works. But the negative aspect of that is that, you know, it does create this kind of echo chamberish, you know, environment right. where you're not, you know, I guess in coddling – of the American mind, they uh, they talk about you know anti fragility mm-hmm. and how your immune system is kind of anti fragile, where it has to be introduced to certain things in order to get stronger. Yeah, and I think like your mental fortitude and your critical thinking is kind of a similar vein. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's like if you're like not, you need to be exposed to challenging. Yeah, ideas. if you're not tested, you know, if you're constantly safe in what you believe in, and you're not tested, and you're not made feel uncomfortable yeah. to either a reevaluate what you believe or b strengthen what you believe by coming up with different things. Then you know you you fall into the trap of what I call validation over over truth or fact right. validation over fact yeah right. and you know obviously this has a, a has a large political lens but real quickly you know just when it comes to online advertisements you know and the way they kind of know you better than yourself a little bit you know they're finding exactly like what makes you tick and and kind of having this curated news feed or curated. Uh, TV shows, you know, like Netflix and uh, and curated clothing and and ideas, you know, while that may be great and convenient on the surface, it also really it doesn't allow you to be exposed to things that you may not know that you like, right? You know, and that it doesn't know that you like because it's it's working off of a foundation that's already there rather than building something new, you know. So like with Netflix, for example, it's constantly curating shows and movies that you may be interested in based on your viewing and by how you rate a show. But there are certain things in Netflix's library that you may never be exposed to that you may f- get a lot of enjoyment out of that you just will probably never see. Well, yeah, because just like you know? music, like music, I have a wide variety of genres that I listen to. Yeah. And it's not just in one particular camp or niche. Like yeah. I'll listen to, you know, 50s music, uh, to, to, you know, to all kinds of different music. And so like with Netflix in particular, like you said, it's it's... It's really important because, yes, we might be recommended a bunch of shows because we've watched, like, this set of shows. But those are still linked. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'll fall into that. But you're right. I won't see – there's different avenues of shows that I'll watch that I think – and it's supposed to connect that other guy. Well, you like this and you like this. But most of the time, it really just kind of, like, picks a genre that you've watched most often and it will just keep – Pushing you yeah, things in that yeah. genre. That doesn't it doesn't necessarily have the same kind of uh, substantive quality, you know, that you're after, right? Like I love Blade Runner and yeah. and and that kind of style uh, of movie and content, at least philosophical content. And after like watching that a couple times on Netflix, you know, when I didn't put it in because I own it on Blu-ray, also, you know, it was just like here's all these other shows that are really similar, you know, like Altered Carbon, uh, which. I just think is a disaster of a show. You know, that's just my opinion. I know. I mean, I, I'm uh, not, know, it but, wasn't the best thing in the world. I didn't yeah. mind it. Like, sure, I watched yeah. it. I didn't mind it. It was kind of a cool universe to be in. And I don't have like a love of a Blade Runner like you do. So like to, to find out, like I can imagine through your eyes, you're like, okay, well, this is just a bad Blade Runner. Like, yeah, to me, it was just like, okay, this is just trying to be Blade Runner. Um, with none of the with none of the content, it was it, to me it was a little bit vacuous. You know, again, that's my personal opinion sure. and, and preference. But it's Netflix de- like deciding what aspects of Blade Runner I like. It's just like, oh, you like the aesthetic of Blade Runner? Then here's this show. It's like, no, 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 no. I like the underlying themes of Blade Runner. It do- you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the aesthetic. Right. Well, the, know, yeah. So, and, 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 well, the the other problem that comes with the visual medium. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. But uh, t- yeah. to expand on the problem of of having algorithms that are supposed to design just to give you things that you've liked or clicked on, yeah, or covered, yeah, and, yeah. and just scoping, you know, on the surface they just go like, yeah, this is great. I mean, we're just going to cater to your personal experience, and you're going to see everything that you ever like and do mm-hmm. this, and you're like, okay, that's fun. But still, though, what I find is that human beings are more complex than just an algorithm what we like. When I spend time online, I'm not online 100% for myself all the time. So what I'm saying is like for my job, sometimes I have to order things on Amazon and Websterant and things of this nature for my job. And Webster-aunt. now, that's a Webster-aunt. That's a great 
title that domain name actually yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, so they sell yeah they sell they sell restaurant uh supplies and stuff like yeah, that yeah. it's like a virtual you know supply restaurant supply store yeah and yeah. so now i get all kinds of ads for spatulas and for you know and for 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 weighted spatulas. scales yeah. and and for knives and for kitchen knives and and i'm flooded with with now like, with restaurant based ads and i'm like look i don't i have no interest in that whatsoever i have to do it for my job yeah. or you know I, I tweeted about buying things for my grandmother or I have, uh, you know, I have an Amazon Prime account, and so I will have my friends go. Josh, uh, for example, this just happened. One of my friends went. Josh, I lost my gauges. Like, I want to order a new set of gauges. Um, can you order them with your Amazon yeah. Prime, and then I'll Venmo you the money and pay you. Yeah. So that's a that's an ear piercing, by the way. Let's specify for our non millennial listeners. <laughs> It is. It's a, it's a, so for me, I don't wear gauges. I have. I'm not in the piercing game. Yeah. You know, I have no interest in that. And because I ordered that for her to send them her way, and then she Venmoed me the money, I am now getting piercing stuff. advertisements <laughs> yeah. and stuff for that. And Shop it's at like, Body Works. Yeah. And that's what's funny. And so it's like Amazon is trying real hard to figure out what my style is. Or my ex girlfriend, she she loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, which is gosh. no show. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> For most people, I don't know this little tangent here, but Buffy, uh, after it ended the show, uh, Josh Whedon continued the series in a comic form. So season eight um, is, all in, in is all in comic, and it's still growing. So she was buying the comics, and still to this day, I get you know Buffy comic <laughs> advertisements great. when we don't have that. So I just find it you know somewhat annoying that I am not online all the time for me. Yeah, and they're still assuming that algorithms you know don't oh, know any you, better. Yeah. They're just assuming that I'm spending time in there yeah. for that. Can I also just say to the irony of amazon buying whole foods that you know you brought up a little bit earlier like whole foods was this i mean it was already a giant kind of corporation you know but it was like this thing for the the kind of leftist elites out there to go out and they're like i'm buying my organic products from here like untouched you know all buy all this stuff and then then amazon buys Buys it yeah you know for i mean it's smart move on amazon but it was just like now they're still going there when a lot of the times People of that nature, not all of them, of course, are critical of Amazon's practices or yeah. people like Amazon. And I just, that to me just like graces my heart with beauty. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I thought he was going to buy half foods, but I guess he just went yeah. to full food. <laughs> That's a bad joke. It's a stupid well, I think the joke. problem with Jeff Bezos in particular and Amazon, I keep saying in particular, that's like my new thing. I think I've said it at least four times. You I know think. what I used to, in? I think it just like the I way like, it rolls off my tongue. When I was like particular. 22, 23, I, I used to use ambiguous all the time. Ambiguous, yeah. Ambiguous. I'm well, like, well the, that's just the ambiguous. word that got, the word I had to get over that I love saying that is so, is, is serendipitous. I love the word serendipity. <laughs> or like serendipitous. I would say that. I would try to find ways to integrate that into the conversation. Because you're a drama major. Yeah, like, I know. Serendipity. Just, and maybe that's why I like the, the particular, like in particular, just the way that it flows. It's like a roller coaster for my palate. Serendipitous. Yeah. <laughs> serendipitous is also yeah. like a roller coaster for the palate. At home, if you're listening to this, just try it. Just say serendipitous. No, yeah, just, like, just stop for a second and just be like. Right. So I'm going to be mindful of not saying that overly using that. But what I'm getting back to is that the thing with Amazon and Jeff Bezos is that it is not shy about how much money and assets that that man has. Yeah. And it is an absurd amount of money. And then you, although now he's 25% less. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure that didn't. Yeah. It's just a little teeny. Yeah. Um, but you look at what their employees are making. You look at some of the reporting done on the conditions of the warehouses. And, and you know, it's not impossible to think because having a guaranteed two-day shipping, my Lanta, that must be a go, 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 go project to be able Sometimes to... Sometimes you can pay more depending on how on how Prime is integrated. Well, and I guess also to where they're getting the product from, where they're having it shipped from. They can have it in the same day, which mm-hmm. is just... yeah mind-boggling now like my tongue is on the floor like right now the thing is is like when you look at whether you believe this report or not you look that amazon brought in 11 billion in revenue last year Mm -hmm. and they are paying zero dollars in taxes so i mean what i think income tax and yeah but i think again whatever you believe that that's should be legitimate from write-offs or whatever if he's legal in the tax code you're just it's kind of like just a, a the epitome of a manipulation of power and understanding how money when used properly can really work to your benefit in every aspect of a capitalistic system. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I feel like that's a bit of a different conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I just looked uh, at your laptop. Actually, we're recording from his laptop, and he has a little piece of tape covering the uh, covering the camera. And I just thought that was, that was funny. <laughs> you know, yeah, I saw my very, boss had that, and I was for, like, "What are you yeah. doing?" That like, oh, I want people watching me, and then I'm like, watching me. Well, then she got yeah. me all paranoid. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry that. I, I just had something uh, pop up in my brain. You know, Edward Snowden, right? He was the yeah. guy who leaked a lot of um, uh, stuff in what the CIA was doing. Um, you know, Vice, uh, a few years ago, went to Russia to interview him, and they uh, he showed, like, just how many systems at work, you know, the government can spy on us through our phones. And uh, he was just like, yeah, if you don't, I mean, like, they can just look at your camera, you know, so you might as well take that out. And it was just so, you know, so funny to me, like, how obvious that is. And then today on Twitter... Uh, this can, this uh, Republican um, uh, writer who I actually admire quite a bit, he was talking about like how traitorous uh, Julian Assange and Edward Snowden uh, are to the American public, and I'm like, that's so bizarre to me. Like, you know, granted, I I don't particularly care for Julian Assange because I feel like he'll just sell whatever information he has to the highest bidder. Yeah. But Edward Snowden, you know, I don't necessarily view him as a hero. But he's certainly somebody like. Well, his main goal is to get the information to the public. Yeah, like, exactly. He didn't want, yeah, you know? he had a passion about, you know, and that and that's that's you know that's kind of. He reminds me of like the classic trope and and films and shows about the hacktivists. You know, like your, your <laughs> yeah. classic hacker, like iRobot that, or something like that. Kind of, oh, more of like you know they're they're grungy and they and they and they operate yeah. in a basement and they have like seventeen computer screens and their mm-hmm. job is to like there's there's information being hidden from the public and their job is like, to I'm find get it, it out there. And, and yeah, we're gonna get it out in the world and we're gonna expose like these people for what they are. And so uh, Snowden reminds me of the of the real life hacktivist, like a true hacktivist of of getting information out <laughs> yeah. there for people, whether or not yeah. that's prevalent. But you're right. I was getting off topic with the capitalism thing. I think to revert back, you know, to, to be kind of more on track here, I want to get on how this algorithm probably helps with conspiracies and helps promote. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the other aspect of algorithm of this algorithm that we haven't touched yet, which is showing what's what's getting the most attention mm-hmm. and this separation between you know an algorithm cannot identify the complexities of human emotion and it's thinking that these articles that are being clicked on you know what i mean are are popular so we're going to pop them up yeah but they're not understanding the stimulus behind the person in front of the keyboard and their reasonings and their mo- and the context of why they're clicking on that link. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why I think even in daily life, what do I say all the time? People don't take into context. People don't take into context. So here we are with, with uh, an algorithm that's not anything, and we just have another lack of context problem. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a couple – I guess there's a couple routes to take. You know, uh, one is – and I we talked a little bit about it uh, in the last episode, and we brought it up before about YouTube and how – with conspiracy theories, especially the flat earthers, um, UFOs, I mean, all of them really, you know, the way they're early, not early algorithms, but like kind of post early, I guess, mid algorithms were working, you know, a few years ago around 2013, 2012, 2014. I know I just jumped around dates there, but, um, and how their what's net their what's next feature worked, you know, like when you're finished watching a video, you'd be like, hey, this is very similar content. And instead of you physically clicking on like, I want to click that, it'll just continue to play it. And so people would go down rabbit holes of conspiracies, you know, like that's how honestly I got started when I was uh, in, really interested into the ancient aliens uh, uh, movement, you know, like I found... I can't remember what it was it actually that sparked my interest um, at first, but I got into the show Ancient Aliens, which is basically bonkers. Um, you is know, that on the History I, Channel? Yeah, yeah. You know what Did I love? Which is great. <laughs> don't you, I know. Don't you love that? Like with MTV, it used to be music, not so much more. Don't you love when History Channel used to be about history? Yeah. Now it's just now like, it's like Loch Ness monster. It's like it's now like, they're just. They're, I mean, they still have history <laughs> stuff, but they have expanded. But it's out, mainly they've just, expanded outside the realm of of, of uh, history, history and gotten yeah. to some crazy. Yeah, you know, but but it was it was YouTube and and shows like that that really got me into that kind of world and I and then of course I was exposed to the flat earth stuff and and chemtrails and all and all that you know that, those were always a bit too far fetched for me yeah. the ancient aliens thing like I was like oh it's fucking obviously aliens you know um, you know <laughs> the, because the, it was the right universe after, is so vast yeah, of course, yeah it was right after I was coming off of like 
LSD. I, <laughs> I've actually never taken LSD. This sounds terrifying, but no, it was when I was kind of moving away from religion and becoming more of a you know a secular thinker. Got it. That I was just like, well, obviously the explanation for all this religion stuff is aliens. You know, to me it just seems so compelling and convincing especially watching all these videos of these you know quote-unquote experts like talking about they're like oh yeah you know they didn't know how to make all these tools and, and whatnot no that's and fascinating so, concept yeah. too because you can think of like i'm a superman fan i'm a huge superman fan mm-hmm. and you know superman Gargantuan. isn't it, it he is an alien yeah and people view him as a god mm-hmm. and so you know one could argue that if you're going to believe in this conspiracy i don't think it's entirely or i'm sympathetic to the argument that well, maybe there was an alien that visited us, and it was so crazy, you know, because we just think of, like, green Martian men, and that's yeah. just a trope that has been created through science fiction. Yeah. But if somebody did see, you know, like, I'm an alien, um, it would be like, whoa! Right. Jesus? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Not, I mean, but like, yeah, just God, though, But just, it, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I could... I it can, sounds plausible When you're 15 yeah. years old, when you're 15 yeah. years old, and you just start learning that there's, like... And you're getting fed all this evidence, potentially, yeah. of aliens, yeah. and how that can link... You know, for example, the first uh, Zeitgeist, huge con- conspiracy kind of platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched their... They, did, they have a video, like a 45-minute conspiracy video linking the Bible to astrology and astronomy. Yeah. And they make some really, really compelling comparisons between, for example, like Jesus and and all of the characteristics of him match like 16 other deities and in, yeah, in different yeah. religions. And, like you know, they, and, and they talk yeah. about, you know, his resurrection being the celestial thing where it's like the moon actually, or when the sun is at its lowest point, it takes three days to rise up a, a little bit before it starts its additional arc. Mm-hmm. So it talks about that three day was exactly Passover when Jesus has risen and yeah, the son yeah. of God is the sun in our yeah. in our sky. And so it was just weird to me to see this crazy connections and the real connections between between astrology and the Bible. Yeah. And then at 15, I was hooked. Yeah, you're like this. This is the these are the answers. But here's the thing, though, so that woke. wasn't spoon fed to me. I had to find a guy of a guy in reality that that knew right. it, like in real yeah, life. When we, yeah, when we were 15, YouTube just wasn't as ubiquitous. No, so it it's like for me, I didn't find out that about that video until we were. I was at the coast with my girlfriend at the time, and there was just the two crazy old men neighbors at the at the <laughs> condo we were staying at. They invited us over to smoke a bowl, uh-huh. and like the one guy was really funny. He just he'd of take, cereal of the of the <laughs> of the weed. Of the of the cannabis. Hey, it's legal now. We could say that. <laughs> not entirely. No, not well, entirely. in our state it yeah. is. Yeah. But anyway, not to get off track, but to, to stay focused, I can understand where, you know, people that have, I can see where you're susceptible to believing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you're susceptible and then all of a sudden YouTube just keeps playing these videos. Yeah. You know, you can go down, or again, like with Google search, you know, oh, with, yeah. their, with their Google ad system, yeah. whoever is willing to pay the most amount, that's What's that? What link yeah, you're not everybody has seen the same Google searches you exactly. Know? Yeah. So, for example, if I Google Flat Earth, you know, whoever has paid the most amount, those links are going to be up top. Same yeah. thing with the anti vaccination problem. It's yeah, like yeah. they, you know, and that's why the outrage, right? So, the algorithms they don't account for human outrage as a, we're going to be more sparked to click on things. Yeah, and what's happening is, is that they just figure out what's most popular and start to spread that when in actuality, what's being most popular is what's enraging us the most we feel the need to share we feel the need to get the word out there and the amount of improper information that's being blasted on social media facebook in particular is oh i just did it again (laughs) (laughs) well Uh, it's it's scary yeah yeah it is yeah um yeah i'm taking this in for a second um what's interesting is the you know the amount of of believability too that people are susceptible to. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh something that at least the United States and its education system is lacking is a kind of uh is a platform to be able to teach a kind of skepticism. You know, not like an ultra skepticism because ultimately that's where some of these conspiratorial uh, ideas come from, right? It's highly skeptical of what the government or what scientists are telling us, you know, but it's a skepticism to you know, if something sounds good, then they must be it. Right. You know, it's like let's just let's just take a deeper look and be, um, you know, not necessarily decide on what is and what isn't. You know, let's just take some time for evidence to come into us. You know, and also be careful of evidence 
necessarily pointing to the kind of uh, to the kind of conclusion that we want. Exactly. Right? You yeah. know, because that's a big thing is, you know, when it comes to, to science uh, specifically, you know, yeah, when you're formulating a hypothesis, you know, you are trying to solve a problem. Um, but if all of your evidence is pointing to your conclusion being right, you know, you're not just going to sit there like, well, obviously I'm right. A good scientist or at least good scientists will try and break that. You know, they'll try and, and debunk that in a way. They're like, okay, now how can I poke holes in this to make it a little bit stronger? Mathematics is similar. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, what's what's funny too is um, I know you're familiar with the show, but uh, the show Ghost Hunters, mm-hmm. you know, way back when. I actually really enjoyed that show uh, not only for for its budget because it was clearly better than some of the other like ghost hunter type shows that were on the sci fi channel, but also because even though it's basically all bullshit, yeah, they still went in with the attitude of trying to disprove things, which I really liked about that show. Uh, you know, it was it was really popular when we were like you know twelve or thirteen or something like that. But they went in there trying to like, hey, you know, we've got this. You know, people are saying that they've got this haunting going on. They're like, let's try and show some other reasons what it's not be. And a lot of the times, they had fairly good other obvious explanations for what was going on. Now, of course, there was still a lot of um, you know spiritual uh, fuel that was going into it. Um, but I but I respected them at least for that motivation of trying to of trying to be a little bit skeptical and and disproving things um, right and, that, and that's the problem so, yeah. i think no no i think you're right because what 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 surveillance capitalism is doing is that they're they're so focused on gaining our attention because they how to link this is they need our attention in order to collect metadata on yeah, us yeah so they're gonna do so tristan harris talked about you know the the design features of, of these programs and and the manipulation in the design and the they bring in like psychologists and they bring in you know people that study the brain and understand what's happening and what they do is they go so for example the autoplay video where right. you know that didn't exist on Facebook's news newsfeed didn't exist back in the day like there's so many things that have been you know created so that that when you scroll up on your newsfeed or or even in Netflix or anything else that was created by a designer to have the video autoplay and if you have the autoplay you realize that you your screen time or the time people were spending on these devices was was increasing, mm-hmm. and so they were looking at one number in particular, and that number. Oh my gosh, I just can't stop it. Uh, that number is um, is how long the percentage of time that you've spent on their app, yeah. and that's what we're fighting for. This is an attention market. Yeah. This is a and and we need our attention, and in order to get our attention, you have to keep throwing stuff at us that we can't. So that's why, and I believe that is also the link to the monopoly going on in the in the social media tech world, where it's like I want to hold their attention. So okay, well, I'm going to buy, I'm going to create maps, mm-hmm. and so now that they're going to, I'm going to have their attention on my platform when they travel. Yeah, I'm going to buy Instagram. I'm going to buy Whole Foods. I'm going to get what they shopping. I'm going to buy this. You know, like Facebook acquires this company. Google acquires that. Like, you know, oh, well, Snapchat's getting a lot of attention, so I'm going to buy that. So now mm-hmm. I also have everybody's attention on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. And it just creates this thing where it's just like they need as much of our attention as possible. And then what they translate, mm-hmm. they throw in these algorithms that tell us that they're going to give us what we want. So what happens is, is that I think also Tristan Harris brought, look at high school lunchrooms. What happens? Every click hangs out with every click. Yeah. You you gravitate towards the people that are similar minded as you, and you don't really kind of branch off outside of that. So what happened with social media is eventually we all went into our own corners. And when I get online now, I'm not looking. I would see what happens with most people is they're not looking for fact to kind of question what they believe in. They're actually looking to find validation. Yeah. So uh, so. Yeah, I, w- I want to go into that, but I-, I also want to bring up this high school thing for a second because I think you and I have really a unique experience with high school. Oh yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny actually. Not to like not to spend too much time on this, but Josh and I, let's see. I mean, you were kind of not not with the preps or anything like that, but you were definitely, you know. Well, I was a rare breed. I dipped my yeah. toe and and many yeah. many, but many also, pools. but also into the into the you know the sports team and all that kind of uh, yeah. the, whatnot. But eventually, you got into the you know the theater, uh, not theater club, but the theater department. theater department. Yeah, I started yeah. out my freshman sophomore year. I was a football player, uh-huh. so I was with the football crew. Yeah. Um, my junior year, I did cheerleading. 
Um, and that's when I started I doing that. theater. And yeah. uh, sophomore, junior year, I was a cheerleader too, yeah. uh, male cheerleader. And then when I got into theater, so like I had, you know, my nerd friends you know, growing up when I was a kid because mm-hmm. I was a nerd as a kid. And then I kept those friends. Then I had jock friends. Yeah. I had a few friends in prep. I had a few friends in theater. Uh, you know, like yeah. you said, just your activities. Yeah. I just kinda... exactly. And I think that that really that benefited you in order to, I mean, to, to help at least propel you to where you are now, just as, as far as your, your mental processes go and, you know, the be as empathetic as you are and all that. And I, I feel like, (laughs) well, I'm certainly not as empathetic as, as Josh is. Um, uh, I, I kind of had a similar thing too, because I was kind of in with the, in the nerds and the outcasts and the, you know, the, either the people were into anime or metal and rock music and everything like that. But then I, my wife now who we dated a little bit in high school, she was in theater also and exposed me to those fucking weirdos. And, (laughs) We are weird people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, just as much as anybody else. But um, And so I was able to, like, really kind of have this different experience. And that helped kind of break out of that click nature. Yeah, you know? no, it really uh, does. Yeah. And theater people yeah. will do that because theater people will accept anybody that has a quirky thing or just yeah. loves to, to express themselves. And they don't care about comfortability. They will nope. make you uncomfortable. And if you can't handle yep. it, then you're not. <laughs> Here's a little anecdotal story about that. My roommate, the first time that he came to one of my theater parties in high school, he had no idea what he was getting himself into. He didn't understand my how theater not, people yeah. were. And uh, Margo is the, is the girl's name. And um, I'm not going to give her last name because I just want to keep it as ambiguous as possible. But she <laughs> walked up. first name. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She, she walked up to Matt and she said you want to play the nervous game for those of you that are familiar you start at the base of the leg and you kind of like crawl yourself up you go are you nervous are you nervous you know what I mean you go up the guy's leg or you go up the girl's leg are you nervous Yeah. and Matt was like sure I'll play the nervous game and she just boom cups him right in the right in the <laughs> she just grabs his whole package right in one hand straight up and he goes oh. it's that small huh? and then she looked she looked right in his eyes and went I win and then just walked away <laughs> That was his first experience with That's theater great, kids. Yeah. He just got his junk just no fucking barehand grabbed. <laughs> Turn out the way. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, he asked, she asked if he wanted to play That's the nervous true. game. Yeah, that's true. He could have said no. And then he was yeah. like, did not expect that. It was hilarious. So, yeah. but yeah, you're right. And I think too, that opens up and, and that's where people are really influenced by, you know, their clicks when they were kids and, you know, yeah, you see different, are highly yeah, peer groups are huge. Yeah. You know, I, I, we were talking, I don't know what episode, but you know, but the, but the, for me, it's like the, I don't know, the rugged man culture, the cowboy culture. Where it's like, you know, I, I go mudding, I wear I wear Carhartt, I wear Wranglers or Levi's, yeah. and, you know, I, I, you know, I have a curved bill hat that's a little bit dusty, I drive a pickup, you know, that kind that's of... my brother right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Your brother yeah. is a prime example. And yeah. that I see that, like, that male culture, and then you also see, you know, different, you see the gaming side, and, and just you see these clicks, and... and what are we, then? I don't, dude, yeah. we're all over the place. <laughs> But the problem is, though, is that I I see these people post online, yeah, and all that they're exposed to is their own sort of niche, and I think that's yeah. dangerous. Yeah, and, and you know what? And and I mean that's a great little uh, link too to the kind of other point I wanted to bring up with with Facebook and uh, the 2016 election. You know, whether or not you buy into the Russian collusion thing or uh, or that kind of nonsense. I think what we do at least know is that Russia, you know, at least some organization within Russia was able to get into Facebook and target these groups and have very specific little bubbles for each of those groups to kind of promote a thing, you know, about Hillary and about Trump and really help those kind of groups foster, you know, whatever hatred they had towards the other group. Yeah. You know, if it was, if you were a, a Hillary supporter, you know, it was, it was, all these other uh, groups about Black Lives Matter, and you know, I can't, I, I didn't really see those very much on my Facebook. So what I kind of have is the perspective of like all the kind of right wing conservative stuff. You know, it's just like Hillary's emails and like she's a demon. Like literally, I saw memes and Facebook groups popping up about like how Hillary is related to Satan. Mm-hmm. It, totally bizarre, you know, or like how Trump is going to fix all these manufacturing jobs. And the thing is, is when you when groups that are when groups are exposed to that who have never really been exposed to anything outside of their experience it's going to be easier for them to kind of buy into those uh to buy into those narratives and whether or not you think they had that much of an influence in the election i certainly think that the 
you know, whether or not memes swayed the election, I don't, I don't think is, uh, is that relevant. But the fact that some of these conversations that were happening on Facebook, especially surrounding the campaigns of Hillary and Trump, like they absolutely had an influence because those people out in middle, middle America, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to, they're going to vote because they have these, these strong feelings in them. You know, my uncle, for example, on Facebook, you know, he's one of those guys who's going to post about like how, Basically, he's demoralizing the Democrats and the left. You know, he's going to go out there saying, like, you know, Obama is basically Hitler and like, you know, or with the abortion stuff, like abortion is murder and all all this kind of uh, right wing stuff. And it's like you try to engage with them and they're so they're so committed to that to that narrative and to that way of life. They're, they're going to go out there and it, it infects all their life outside of the internet and it's like even hard to have a conversation with them um yeah and anyway and, and, yeah. Well, no stuff is yeah. still getting yeah, yeah. spread i mean yeah. stuff is still in circulation like that about trump and you know there's that moment where that that meme of it was like obama putting the medal on ellen degeneres and it was oh like trump, right yeah and somebody put somebody finally commented like they said, "Look what! Look at the medals Trump is giving, opposed to what Obama gave." And they're like, "Those are two different medals. Yeah. They're two different ceremonies." Like, it's not the same. Obama thing. also gave that Medal of Honor to several different yeah. veterans. Ellen like, DeGeneres didn't fight in any wars. No, she yeah. won like the the uh, the biggest whatever. What's that, what's that called? It's like the civil oh, civil uh, honor of of. It's like the civilian, the highest honor you can get as a civilian yeah, for making yeah, an impact. Yeah. yeah, and so it was like that was even a misleaded, um, misleaded post. There's. Uh, one of the guys that I'm friends with posts the most ridiculous shit all the time, and it just cracks me up. One of the posts he posted was, it said, look at this uh, California Democrat uh, <laughs> said talking about if this island is going to tip because of overpopulation. And like, and then it said... An island? Yeah, or something. I don't know. It's an <laughs> overpopulation. And it said, scary that these people are running Congress. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Really? Yeah. Like, cause what's scary is who's running the fucking country, you know? And it's just, that's what's hilarious to me is it's like, there's just no, you know, with these memes too, what really bothers me and mainly with the, with, with the right is that they have no problem being hypocritical and critiquing the left mm -hmm. about being stupid or not intelligent or misquoting facts or all these things, but they are not giving their own party that same that same courtesy it's like well then you need to practice what you preach yeah absolutely you know and uh just kind of going off of the kind of ridiculous shit found on uh on facebook uh there's someone who i'm friends with i'm only friends with her because uh uh here in oregon if you're a subaru fan i think i've brought it up before there's this oregon subaru club where we kind of all get together you know subaru is really the only thing <laughs> that, that links us together it's a wide variety of people and this one woman who i'm friends with she has some of the most what's what's a good way friendly way to put it like kind of woo woo magical stuff on her facebook but she's also like very skeptical of things going on you know she's one of those things okay here's a good one so she has this picture of somebody holding up a uh, a crystal, you know, um, I don't know where it is, out in nature, but it says, Mind Blower, the quartz crystal is neither a solid nor a liquid. It vibrates at 786,000 pulses per millisecond. Its continuum moves faster than light. Its vibration, its vibration, the axis of the universe, quartz melts ice faster than your warm hand. It's like, what? Now, this is less politics related, but it's stuff like that that people see, post well, on there that see, just for, sounds ridiculous. Well, like, yeah, but what? at the same time, though, like, like I, I call that maybe a metaphorical truth because, like, you, you, you believing that changes nothing. You know what I mean? That is not, yeah. that is not something like it's, it's, there are some ideas that are way more dangerous than that to believe in. Yeah, and, that's true, you know. And what or, I'm getting at, too, is absurdism. It's this, just absurdism. Yeah, th this is another one, too. So, uh, I, I, commented on this one and it never really went in anywhere and you actually might have some interesting th something interesting to all right say lay it this. on me she said uh well she sh technically she shared this image but it said the pharmaceutical industry made uh what is that million thousand million billion fifty trillion dollars in profit last year meanwhile while one in five americans can't afford life-saving medications it's nothing short of criminal negligence for that to happen and, you know, I just want to say that obviously the 
the issue is very complicated and whether or not um, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, like big pharma is making money. I don't think it necessarily relates to how people can afford uh, the medicines because just because people make lots of money doesn't mean the the medicine is is um, affordable or not. But it's one of those things that it's just like, here's just a statement without anything really backed up. And people will see that and either have a very negative reaction to it or a very positive reaction to it. Right. I mean, but it depends, though, because there's some there's some it, it's again, it's about context, because yeah. I see the point that's trying to be made, because there are certain things like, for example, what comes to mind for me on that is 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 diabetes as uh, mm-hmm. tre- insulin. Yeah. Um, the price of insulin is very, very expensive. And some people are choosing to not get insulin just due to that price. And they're dying because of it. Right. Um, so there are aspects of or, you know, knowing you know, there's that big article that just got dropped about ExxonMobil and Shell knowing about the effects of, of fossil fuels 60 years ago, you know, and just like are already having a, a snippet of what may yeah. happen and not being cautious about even a may. Yeah. Um, and just learning that, like, what we're dealing with is just people neglecting what is harmful and what's not because they want to profit. So I think yeah. the issue there is like contextually, it's not about you're right. There are some companies maybe in pharma that don't have that. They're not, they're not being blind. They're, they're actually yeah. having a product that's relative, relatively reasonable, like, you know, that they can sell, you know, for like, uh, let's take ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. You know, ibuprofen, it's, it's to help it's symptoms. Cheap and effective medicine. Yeah. It's a cheap and effective medicine for symptoms that, that, you know, that are just, that not are like just life threatening. Yeah. They're just yeah. a nuisance. Yeah. And so it's like, they're there to help them. They're relatively cheap. You, know, you can get a bottle of ibuprofen for relatively cheap, and it yeah. helps a headache and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Not that realm. But when you look into more complex stuff, yes, then it gets kind of tricky where you look into different medical practices, and you're like, okay, well, should people make a money like the EpiPen? Should really should people increase the price of an EpiPen by 400%? Yeah. Like that's kind of – or just withholding well, – Of course, yeah. Or withholding stuff for the, like that would be against the betterment of humanity or the betterment yeah. of our society and choosing to neglect that. Like what Purdue Pharma did with Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. But the Cody. point is that it is complicated, right? Yes. And there is context that is missing in stuff like uh, sharing a post like that. And there's no fact checks and, for that. Yeah, exactly. There's no work exactly. cited. Yeah, exactly. No, you can just nothing. put it out there. And the problem is, is people will see that and they'll they'll either be pushed away from that. They're like, well, that's bullshit. Or they'll be like, oh my God, that's totally right. Like, let's get behind this without really understanding what's going on or even further than that there's this that that psychological phenomena that if you see something several times and enough time has passed you might re-remember it as a fact even though it's not yeah. supposed to be a yeah, fact yeah. Yeah, yeah. um you know we all have that it's just like a like uh you can't swim you can't swim for 30 minutes after you eat <laughs> yeah like that was what i believed as a kid yeah, and I was like, it seems so. It seemed weird, but it's like, okay, yeah, okay. I, I guess you could d- drown for some. I don't know why. Yeah, apparently Probably that's not like a problem. One time, I'm sure to somebody. I tested it. I ate a. I ate a shit ton of food and jumped right into a pool. I was fine. Yeah, <laughs> works for you. But you that's know, reverse anecdotal evidence. It's, right? yeah, yeah, it's a it's a dangerous yeah. trick, but yeah. uh, you know that's a life. You have to debunk stuff out there. But yeah. so you know, obviously, we're being cautious. The time here, we're 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 hitting our yeah, hour 50, mark. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the only thing that I really think that I want to be accomplished here is just a few main points. And 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 yeah. Then yeah. yeah. My yeah. one main point is these social media platforms. They are they their main focus is getting our attention, yeah. and their main focus is to gather metadata to sell um, to make a shit ton of money doing it. Buku. Buku bucks. And I think I'm glad that Tristan Harris and, and these other people are trying to, to to spread that narrative because we should get a cut of that. It should not be okay for them to make millions on our data, um, on our lives without... Yeah. You know, yeah. And not... And just that, maybe if you're seeming a little like... That's interesting that you, that you say that, getting a cut of it. You know, because I... Here's the thing, you know, whether or not people actually want to do something about it is is a is an issue, right? You know, like we can be made aware of all. Oh, this it's going to be a hurdle. You know, to anything yeah. Really gets but I think that would be interesting. Actually, I I actually haven't heard that argument uh, before. I don't know if you're making that or if Tristan is making. I don't know. I kind of just said it. Should, in yeah. that we should actually get a cut. People of that. who own the data, yeah, we should have a ch- a choice to sell it or not. And if we make some money off of it. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it could be like either two systems. A, we take a small percentage of it's what like they're royalties, using. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And no, that's exactly what it is yeah. because it's like you look at other places. Like with actors, you know, if you if you're an actor in a movie, you get royalties on how many times it's played or a commercial, how many times that showed. You also get yeah. um, other royalties when it comes to uh, like merchandise. 
You know, like if you're an actor and you want to, if they make a figurine of you, like in a movie and like a kid buys that toy, you're going to get a part of that profit because mm-hmm. that's your face on the toy. And, yeah. and you know, there's some things that you can waive that. That's the controversy about not paying college players. Right. You know, right, that's, yeah. uh, if you remember, for those of you that remember, EA did uh, NCAA uh, a college uh, game, video game mm-hmm. with all the college players. Yeah. And they had to shut that down because uh, it was just a controversy of they, they couldn't pay the players, but they were using their stuff. And to it's be like, fair, electronic arts can't do anything right. So Yeah, but what I'm, <laughs> but what I'm saying though is like, like, think about that. College players were used in these games and yeah. because they couldn't be paid, they, they shut the whole down, but yeah. they're able to use our data and make money on that. Yeah, so, yeah. or you can do it like you said, where it's like they buy our data from us at a cheaper mm-hmm. rate, and then they turn around and sell it for a more expensive rate. Yeah. Uh, it go back to mercantile capitalism yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, and so that I, I like that idea of getting a kit back of that because if I'm spending time on your platform and I'm giving you all this metadata and you're turning around and making billions of profit on it, where's my cut of that? Right. Um, yeah. Is the first thing. Yeah. The second yeah. thing too is uh, is I think that these algorithms need to be re- readjusted to where there's like a balance to the force of maybe like showing you things that you know you like, but also throwing in things that you may not know, like or having an algorithm of like, hey, they have never clicked on this. Let's throw this in there, or mm-hmm. trying to break, finding a way to break these echo chambers and finding a way to stop this massive misinformation being spread. Yeah. Um, and and really understanding that absurdism is being fueled and polarization is being fueled because we are all going to our own corners of our beliefs yeah. and we're getting echoed back our beliefs and we feel great in that validation. We feel great having this community to believe what we believe in and then we're going to turn around and we're going to use that as fuel to attack. And no, these platforms should be tools to help us critical think. Mm -hmm. They should be tools to help us expand uh, what we're seeing. And what really blows my mind is we have a phone that you can look anything up on. Yeah. It's like it just made us even late. It's just weird. It's like. It is weird, isn't it? Like the fact that like I can get on Wikipedia or Google or all those. I debunk, I debunk posts. Yeah. You know, I've debunked posts in almost two and a half minutes. Yeah. Like it, that's it. That's yeah. all it took me was yeah. to, to Google or and to it's find. Still exhausting to and do. it's, yeah, yeah well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. People are just are so quick to share or. You know, even missed statistics, like I said that before, so there's a missed statistic that said 80% of 80% of links that are shared on Facebook are actually never opened. Um, that's not real. That's yeah. not a real statistic. You know, 60% of the time it works every time. Right. But like, you know, and I always say, when I'm making up a statistic about animals, it's always the third animal. Nobody questions third. Yeah. So if I say ferrets are the third most flexible yeah. animal, nobody's going to question third yeah. place. Or you know um, what I, you know what I say is seventy three percent of statistics are made up on the spot. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> so my last thing is like I think that we should get a little kickback for the metadata that we're using. I think people should be open. I think people should be more aware that that's what our data is being used for when yeah. you're on these places. Yeah. And I also think that if you are on on Facebook or if you are on Instagram, if you are on these platforms, you know, do your best to. Really be careful. I think any post that you think about sharing should be treated like a tattoo. And what I mean by that is like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm going to put this in a box for, you know, for a month and think about it. Right. And then I'm going to, re- yeah. you know, so really, I think you should look up or think about anything that you're yeah. posting. Like, are you sure? Like, there could be a little, like with Facebook, but like, are you sure you want to post this? Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. if you randomly share and without, you know, it's like, you should look into what you're posting. My advice is for everybody, if you're posting stuff, just look into it and yeah. be aware of what you're doing and don't believe everything you hear without fact checking. It's like, if you continue to watch a video on YouTube and they say, this is true. Like when we covered in the first part of this episode, that one guy was like, and I said this, and science had no answer. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, and I said this, and they had no answer. And the other guy's like, they absolutely had an they answer. Absolutely. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Uh, just because you said they had yeah. no answer, now this person watching your video is going to believe that, oh, well, science has no answer to yeah, that. Yeah, that video I put in the show notes for our yeah. last episode, episode 10. Check out the video because it is funny. It's just like, what? There's absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that video. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's it's hilarious. Yeah, it, was a, it was a BuzzFeed video. As much as I hate BuzzFeed, uh, right? Uh, so, a, what do you, really you want? What do you want to say? No, I just think that I mean we should be you know don't be like me. Be a, be a skeptic and not a, a cynic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, intellectual skepticism. Is yeah, you know, important. it's skepticism and critical thinking is incredibly important, and unfortunately, there are there are people out there, you know, that because of those ideas come from 
you know, I'm going to, you know, I probably won't get blowback because we don't have that big of a listener base yet. Um, please continue to grow listeners. Um, <laughs> but you know, that kind of idea of, of critical thinking and, um, uh, and skepticism comes from Western thought. And unfortunately we're living in an era now where it's okay to be critical of being reasonable. Yeah. And, and that is weird to me. Not that I don't want the other side to things, you know, I want people to be able to, uh, to flourish in their, in their, um, in their emotional, um, capacities, you know, and, and be able to look to personal experiences and how, and how those experiences affect our daily lives. But I also want us to take a step back from things, you know, one it's of also the context of spectacle, uh, uh, context of being uh, spectacle too, spectacle, spectacles, yeah, spectacles, no, yeah, testicles, no, right, you know, it's like no spectacle. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, like I said on the last episode, I'm in this, um, uh, this environmental uh, philosophy course, and we're really getting into the meaning of nature and who decides what nature is, and that's so interesting. Many, I'm actually thinking about wanting to write about that. Yeah, you that's should. Funny, um, you know. So many. So, so much of the conversation is, of course, like who decides, but also like it's this very uh, anthropocentric, anthropocentric and and centralized conception of nature, like the earth or like our immediate environment and all this kind of stuff. And to me, that is just such a small scale into what nature is. And it's like maybe we should be taking a step back and look at things in a, in a bit more of, a, of an objective way. Obviously, it's impossible to take us out of the equation of things. I don't think anybody intelligent would ever suggest that, that we can 100% remove ourselves from the equation um, when it comes to experience. But we should try to be objective in a way. We should look at the facts, you know, because as, you know, as annoying as it is uh, sometimes to hear, you know, but like people like Ben Shapiro, you know, he's like, facts don't care about your feelings. You know, yeah, like, Obviously, we want to uh, to look closely about how we're being affected and how we feel about about certain things in the world. But we should also look at what the facts are telling us about things, and and I'd that be goes in line. With ben yeah. just no, I know. Yeah, he, I he mean, believes that his Jewish faith is fact uh, when he yeah, when he structures yeah, a lot of his beliefs and, yeah, and what he, he's yeah. And Ben Shapiro is interesting. He's a very interesting um, man. But uh, yeah, I wanted. But, to, yeah, no, yeah, I just I wanted to mention one that. thing about uh, skepticism and and. Uh, Skepticism in the sense that I, I tweeted about this too because I think what I'm noticing is that the reason why it's more difficult for people to be skeptical is because the people that are currently are being skeptical are being just berated. Yeah. Like, and yeah. what's happening is is that they, the people that are being skeptical and the people that they're being skeptical to, the people they're being skeptical to cannot separate that they're not being skeptical on the ideas that you have. They're mm -hmm. being skeptical on your approach to those ideas. Yeah. yeah. So in, in, in certain standpoints, so it's like when, when Sam Harris and or other examples of the IDW critiquing the left, mm -hmm. you know, and then they're called racists and bigots or conservatives or conservatives. Know, and it's like, not, yeah. what I think is happening is, is Sam is just smart enough to separate the goals of the left compared to their actions towards those goals. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, Sam yeah. aligns with a lot of, of negating suffering and, and like getting rid of racism and oppression. And there's a lot of the left of goals that I think Sam's agrees with. He's just not agree with the tactics that the left is currently taking to try to achieve those goals. Yeah. And they, yeah. people are mistaking because, and you know, because he's, he's critiquing their tactics. They think that he completely hates their entire ideals and he's a bigot and a racist. Yeah. And, and again, it's happening with the Muslim community in particular when, yeah. and when it comes to um islam and stuff yeah. like that he's trying to be like i don't have a problem with these people i don't have a problem with that i'm just being it's their ideas it's their ideas that yeah. i'm being i'm just trying to critique on i'm just trying to be skeptical on on what i think the ideas the problem is not necessarily with the people themselves and people can't separate that if you're if you are critiquing the idea then you hate the person because we can't separate that and the only last thing i'll say is 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 a metaphor that i use to to kind of explain this if, if what i just said is confusing is that if the idea is let's say we're bowling that's what i tweeted about yeah and let's say that i maybe have experience of bowling you know my grandfather's a great bowler i've bowled my whole life and i noticed that your form is wrong to get a strike so what i think is happening on the left is that people like sam harris will come over and try to critique your bowling form to get you to get a strike because the goal is a strike mm -hmm. and then you're going i can't believe you hate the game of bowling yeah. And you're like, 
Okay, me critiquing your your bowling style has nothing to do with whether or not I love bowling. Like, yeah. we can both love bowling and have different opinions on how to bowl. Yeah. Like, that is my metaphor for well, making so, it. Sense. Yeah, it's also, too, like, you know, when you're going there, you know, that's the whole thing with constructive criticism. You yeah. Know, I've written papers before where I have asked for criticism and, you know, honest criticism, and there's been a lot of things that I see in the, in the critique that I'm like, mm, God, that feels like a personal attack, but right. I know it's not right. You know? And so sometimes people get that and they're like, they're attacking you. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like I'm not attacking the bowler. I'm saying like, Hey, there are some things that you can work on to be a better bowler. Right. And um, you may disagree or yeah. agree with that, but that's something that you can then talk back and, and you're right. And I, yeah. And it's interesting too, you know, when I think about what people are misinterpreting and what people have interpreted, it, it all it all connects back to this this brainwave of of any time that we have a free moment, we're on our phones. Yeah, you know, we're not like looking at nature. We're not we we are we are choosing to spend our free moments on our phones, and we're yeah. being subjected to this, and also with our emotions too. Back in the day, if you got angry. You were just, you know, you couldn't you know, call anybody on the phone. You couldn't do this. You just had to calm down. You know what I mean? Do whatever you do to calm down. Maybe fight somebody. Yeah, maybe drink some whiskey. Or something like that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now, if you get upset, you have this fancy device at your hands, and you're able to just yeah. let that out in any yeah. way you want to. Yeah. How many times totally have... Anonymously. You know? I, if I had a quarter for how many times my friend's like, yeah, I shouldn't have posted that on Facebook, or I was really upset when I posted that, or I had to yeah. take that down because I was upset. I know or, one person who has no kind of self-reflection that... That we know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway um i think we're gonna get out of here we're about an hour and four minutes yeah, we've covered I, real uh, quick before we do our contest is still going on yes it is about the 200 hundred dollar gift card um obviously nobody has participated <laughs> <laughs> um i know yeah they really just don't want to review us but uh yeah. no it, it's okay guys we understand that as you're growing we're, we're still working on on patterns and, and pathways to try to be, be, become better and i will say this if you are listening you know, please feel free to reach out to us and give us tips and, and pointers or something that you would like to see, something that you think was good that you would like us to expand on, something you're like, hey, I didn't really care for this part. Yeah, any feedback, um, we're any, any feedback yeah. we're down for because we just want to shape this to be the best way that you guys as listeners want want to listen to. And um, remember, five-star review, comment on iTunes. You can win a $200 gift card. And, uh, and yeah. Thank you for listening to the Necessary Bullshit Podcast. Yeah, find, look episode for us 11, on Twitter. Two? No, it, well, it's just episode 11. Oh. Our last episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. I fucked that up. But anyway, um, uh, <laughs> find us on Twitter, please, at Necessary BS Pod. Um, and then we're That's both our on, Instagram handle yeah, as well, Necessary BS Pod. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and we're both on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Modern Overman. And I'm at the only one blog. And remember, our Buzzsprout website page is is necessarybs.buzzsprout.com. And you can find us on pretty much all major platforms. Yeah. So please, guys, give us a listen. And uh, I guess uh, we're we'll, getting out of here. Yeah, we'll come back next time. Please. Deuces. Wow, yep. just silence that. I'm going to uh, everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you.